Welcome to Appalachian Outdoorosity, where we encourage you to get outside and keep going outside. Here we will share Appalachian state stories that entertain, inspire, and inform listeners about living an active outdoor lifestyle. Each episode features a story with the goal to get you outside and keep you going outside to improve your overall wellness. This podcast is presented by the Hope Lab, where our purpose is to investigate the role of outdoor physical activity, exercise, and play on health, the environment, and human development. The vision of the Hope Lab is to continue developing the perfect foundation for promoting and supporting outdoor physical activity, exercise, and play through interdisciplinary research. Feel free to check us out at hopelab.appstate.edu. Hi, my name is Becky Batista, a professor in exercise science and a self-proclaimed physical activity addict. I am your host for the Appalachian Outdoor City podcast today. On today's interview, team member Dr. Joy James, a professor in recreation management, interviews Lauren Moody. Appalachian State University student Lauren Moody of Marietta, Georgia, was recognized for outstanding leadership and service. She was the recipient of a 2020 Community Impact Student Award from North Carolina Campus Compact, a statewide network of colleges and universities committed to community engagement. While at the university, she picked up the hobby of backpacking. Listen as she shares her experience and thoughts on how to make the outdoors a space for all. We want to welcome you to our podcast, Lauren, and and thank you so much for being willing to talk to us today. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but excited to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what your major is, where you're from, and uh, what year you are here at App? Yeah, so I am a senior here at Appalachian. It's exciting going into my last year. Yeah. I'm originally from outside of Atlanta, Georgia, so I'm about like five, six hours away from Boone, so a little bit far from home. I'm actually an interdisciplinary studies major, so it's a little wacky, but kind of fun and cool. My program of study focuses on community development, so the way like I view community development and like how I've kind of approached my program of study is looking at really how like culture influences the way communities develop and like how culture kind of converges with different things like government, like economic policy and how it all comes together to affect like how people build physical institutions in community, but also like that sociological sense of belonging. Sounds like you're going to be doing a lot of community building and work hopefully Mm -hmm. in the future. Yes, definitely. It's the goal. Wonderful. One other question. What is your favorite outdoor activity? Backpacking, definitely, because I think it's just like a really cool, immersive experience in the outdoors, but just on a day-to-day basis because you can't go backpacking every day or like every weekend. I really do just enjoy going on like a good walk outside, just being in nature Because I think that's one of the really important parts of advocating for people spending time outdoors is like, it doesn't have to be this big intimidating thing like backpacking. It can just be going to the Greenway and going for a walk. Absolutely. I agree with you. I love doing all those things. Like I said, the planning and day to day or only have an hour at a time. It's nice to be able to have those green spaces to go out to and just kind Mm -hmm. of enjoy the outdoors. Definitely. How did you first get interested in outdoors or nature or being able to enjoy these type activities? 
Yeah, so before like coming to Appalachian State, I definitely had a deep appreciation for outdoor spaces. My family, um, when I was growing up, spent a fair amount of time in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, the most beautiful place ever. It's somewhere that's really like, it's important, especially to like my dad's side of the family, him and like his dad had always gone on like fly fishing trips there. And then it became something that was important to like my like individual family as well. My brother's name is Jackson even, which I always, I think he's named like for Jackson Hole. I'm never exactly sure. I should check with my parents on that. But (laughs) I think he is literally named for Jackson Hole. So it's a place that's very important to my family. And we have a lot of great shared memories there. But yeah, so that's kind of where I guess I like developed my appreciation for just like being able to spend time in places that seemed less touched by other things in the world. Being from like outside of Atlanta or living in a suburb, it's city life, which I think city life is great, but there's also this other aspect of appreciating the wilderness. Um, So yeah, before coming to App State, that's kind of was my relationship with the outdoors, but I didn't necessarily participate in a ton of outdoor recreation. Like I'd go on like hikes sometimes, but I'd never backpacked until freshman year so yeah that's when I went on my first backpacking trip um and yeah it was just a super cool experience and it became something that I really have enjoyed doing and get a lot out of cool two things did you ever fly fish I have been fly fishing before yeah I would go sometimes with my dad and my brother when we were at Jackson Hole. Yeah, I mean, it's not something where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I would like to do it more because I think it's interesting. And like, like I said, it's something that's important to like my dad, especially and like yeah. his dad and like even my brother now. So it's something, yeah, I definitely would like to do more of one day, but okay. yeah, I've not done a ton of fly fishing. Well, and the reason I asked, some of the research that I've done in the past mm-hmm. looks at how people become comfortable in outdoor settings and mm-hmm. In particular, you know, activities like hunting and fishing don't always translate into the female experience yeah. um, unless they have a father or mm-hmm. a brother or a significant other who might take them out. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that you've had some of that base experience outdoors and, and doing some fishing made you comfortable so that you could be uncomfortable in backpacking right? Like mm-hmm. it was building up that skill set. And, and so kind of transitioning over to your, your backpacking, it sounds like that's become a passion of yours. How did you find out about it at app? Like, I mean, what got you, what was the trip or what did you do that got that kind of lit the fire for you? Yeah. So freshman year, it was, it was a big group of people, like a pretty big group to go backpacking. I want to say it was eight people, which is like a pretty big group, but it was like just a group of people I'd been hanging out with. And about half of the people that went on that trip had previous backpacking experience. And the other half, myself included, had no experience. So it was definitely interesting. That trip like as a whole, can I like go into it? Because it was Sure, like, yeah. It was a wild trip, but it like remains one of my favorite backpacking memories just because of like 
how like wild and kind of poorly planned it was, but it like turned out being like great. And like, I obviously really enjoyed myself. It was Mount Mitchell outside of Asheville. We did the Black Mountain Crest Trail, I think it's called. And I remember like, I wasn't really involved in the process of like picking the trail or anything. Cause like, what do I know? I knew that was the trail we were doing, looked it up before we left. And I remember reading, it was like only for like expert hikers, (laughs) like this trail is extremely strenuous. And I was like, huh, but I never said anything. Cause I was like, oh, maybe we're just like not doing that part of the trail. Like (laughs) it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, so we started hiking at four in the afternoon, maybe. And I think planning on hiking, I don't know, maybe like three miles. That was supposed to be like three miles into like a campsite. And we just like could not find the campsite. Like we just kept on hiking and hiking. The trail was extremely strenuous. It like goes over, I think it's like three like ridges. So it'd be like, you're gonna go straight up and like straight down, straight up, straight down. Pretty much no in between. Like it's a ton of like rock scrambling. And at one point there's even like a rope you have to use to like gently repel yourself down. Um, but yeah, we just kept on hiking and we were like, oh my gosh, where is this campsite? And it was like, we were hiking into the night. It was probably like 10 when we like finally found our campsite. One guy didn't even have hiking boots on. He was wearing like sneakers. So yeah, it was just definitely a wild first backpacking experience. Um, But I think that's kind of what made it so great is I was like, holy crap, I've like never done anything like this before. And like, this trail is really hard and like, I'm really struggling and it's difficult, but like, I'm still getting a lot out of it, having a lot of growth from it. I'm glad you explained that because part of the question a lot of people ask is like, why would you put a backpack on Mm -hmm. that's 35, 45 pounds, go up and down hills into the darkness and still want to come out doing it again. Yeah, it's a lot of, I always love, it's like, I think it's a recreation management theory, like type one versus type two fun. I like love that theory. And I think like backpacking for me, it definitely has type one fun aspects to it, but it's also a ton of type two fun. Could you help our listeners? What do you mean by type one and type two? Yeah, so type one fun, the way I understand it, um, type one fun is like you're having fun while you're doing the activity. So you're doing it and you're like, this is great. Nothing's wrong right now. I'm having a great time. And then type two fun is during the experience, you may be like, gosh, this is so hard. I like am really struggling I maybe don't want to be doing this anymore, but like, I'm going to push through. But then you're able to look back on the experience and be like, huh, I like actually gained a lot out of that. And like, even though it was hard, it was good that I did that. Cool. Perfect. Did anyone tell you how to pack your backpack or how'd you get your gear? Like if you'd never done it before, how did you go about figuring, figuring it out to be able to even get out to the trail? Yeah, I thankfully, like, like I said, about half of those people that went on the trip had previous like backpacking experience. So they were able to 
give me some guidance. And also my brother, he like had gone to Appalachian State and like he was still here in my freshman year. So he was a recreation management major, like largely involved with like outdoor programs. And he gave me like one of his old backpacks. Um, and yeah, like was also super helpful in the cool. process of preparing me for it, letting me borrow gear and stuff. Recreation majors are all over. I didn't realize you were related to one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll ask you about that later. Okay. <laughs> um, so how many more backpacking trips have you done? And have they always been kind of with a group of friends? Or have you done anything kind of formally with uh, OP or other outfitters? I have not done any with, yeah, any like formal organizations or anything. I would like to one day because I think it's just like a totally different experience for sure. Yeah, they all so far have been just with a group of friends or like with my brother. Yeah, but I would one day love to do a trip with like an outfitter. I'm definitely interested in solo backpacking. Okay. Yeah. What are you thinking? AT, Pacific Crest, or just kind of uh, yeah. TV trails? I or? have been looking into, yeah, the Pacific Crest Trail a little bit. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever actually do it, but I'm like definitely am interested in it. I think it obviously is an incredibly life-changing experience and like is an incredibly difficult experience. Kind of like Pacific Crest Trail over the Appalachian Trail, even though they're both obviously incredibly super cool trails and like have a lot to offer. This past spring break, I was on a backpacking trip where we were on the Appalachian Trail for a few miles we actually stayed in a shelter on oh, the AT cool. which was cool because we got to like meet through hikers um and like get to know like a little bit about like Appalachian trail culture but I think the PCT seems like a little bit more my interest so and then how have you found out about like how did you know about the PCT before I asked you or the Appalachian trail has that just been again your friends or you've mm -hmm. heard about it yeah, mostly my friends. Um, I didn't know like much about the PCT until quarantine, actually. It was like, I don't even know why I started looking up stuff about it in quarantine, but it just like became kind of something I started researching a little bit. I think I've like seen the movie Wild way back in the day, but I want to read that book. I was going to say, but... you need to read that book. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, really on, it's on my list for sure. Another one that's a fun book is, of course, I'm not going to be able to think about it. It's a funny book that a guy does about, uh, he goes on the AT and mm -hmm. is overpacked and, and dumps a lot of stuff. It's it's less self-help and more funny than, than Wild is. And if I think of it, I'll try to remember before I, I stop talking to you. Isn't Lauren great? I think Joy was ready to go backpacking with her. As you think about what Lauren shared, a short walk in nature can be as impactful as a three-day backpacking trip. Research shows that being outdoors can help with reducing anxiety, stress, and increase academic performance. Daily contact with nature not only helps with stress and fitness, it can help you develop comfort in outdoor environments. She also mentions her discomfort with her first backpacking trip. Yet through the struggles she felt, she gained confidence in herself as well as had fun despite the challenge. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Hope Lab. One of the goals of the Hope Lab is to further understand the impacts of being outside on both physical and mental health and increasing access to the outdoors. 
Visit appstate.hopelab.edu to learn more. Let's go back to the interview with Lauren and Joy, where they begin to discuss why the outdoors may be intimidating and not as welcoming. Lauren is an advocate for the outdoor space being inclusive. Lauren asks the question, what am I not doing to make outdoor spaces inclusive? You talked about from your major perspective and your interest in, in terms of the physical community as well as the kind of the cultural community. Is backpacking that for you? Is there a community that's kind of that you feel that you're a part of or is it something that's kind of personal for you? Like how do you see it in the context of your major or your interest as building a community? Yeah, I actually, I'm glad you asked this question. There's some thoughts and like feelings I have in relation to like outdoor community building that I was hoping to get to like share and talk about, especially in light of what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, how that connects to like making all spaces in our life more inclusive. And I think that is definitely an issue or like a barrier to people getting involved in outdoor spaces is that it's a space that's predominantly dominated by white men or like white people in general, but like Mm -hmm. specifically like white, able-bodied, cisgender men. So I think in like respect to community building, in outdoor spaces. It's like, how can we make it more inclusive to like people in BIPOC communities or people that aren't like traditionally able-bodied? So I think there's all these different things that go into it. And it's like, I haven't necessarily felt like unwelcomed in the outdoors because I'm white, like I'm cisgender and like I'm traditionally able-bodied, but I definitely see it being a space that can be really intimidating for a lot of people to come into. Is there something you could recommend to help people or help us as outdoor professionals or someone if I'm I'm not able-bodied or cisgender or any of those things, how could I get involved or find people who look like me doing this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I definitely like not an expert on this at all. Yeah. It's just something I like have become interested in, especially yeah, with everything going on and like seeing how we can yeah make all these spaces in our life more inclusive. There's an organization that I actually am a monthly donor to that I think is definitely worth people looking more into and like the work they do and what they advocate for. It's called Soul Track Outdoors and it's based out of Washington, D.C. and they do like work predominantly in Washington, D.C. but they like hold programs that um, predominantly work on getting people in BIPOC communities like involved in outdoor recreation. So looking for groups like that, that are like local to your community and like have people that look like you and maybe a group like that doesn't exist. So then it's like, it's kind of on us as like people that do like exist comfortably in the outdoors to like look at ourselves and say what am I doing to like make this a more inclusive space or what am I doing that makes this space feel not inclusive and I don't I don't know if I have the answer to that of what can we do to yeah make it more inclusive for people that aren't traditionally represented in the outdoors and I, you know, I think, Lauren, what's so interesting, what you're saying is like, I don't have the answer, but I think we should be thinking about it and mm-hmm. figuring out ways to be more inclusive or be more comfortable or, or, or 
start talking and having the conversation and inviting people to these experiences like you were invited to your backpacking trip and 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 how do I I couch it so someone doesn't think I'm crazy that I'm taking 50 pounds and going hiking and um, because it, it could be perceived differently from a cultural mm-hmm. or not or it's just like why would I want to go there with everybody yeah um, a couple of resources in case you're interested just for our listeners as well there's a group uh, a woman named Rue Mapp started something called Outdoor Afro Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is, uh, she creates, she's trying to show that black people are in the outdoor settings as well as trying to create spaces so more people are willing to come in and join. So she has done some amazing things with her organization. I definitely would check that out in terms of how she's been trying to build community within the outdoors. And then Latino Outdoors kind of mimicked what um, uh, Outdoor Afro is doing. I'd heard of Soul Treks, mm-hmm. and then uh, I know more recently there was a there's a group a, a gentleman who's a a reporter and a professor, and he calls it the Joy Trip. And he recently had a um, panel discussion on Black people in national parks, and these were panelists who were pretty prominent in the field. All started by a young woman probably your age, just recently graduated, who was like, I want to see more people like me in parks and how do we start having these discussions? So it was, it was nice for me to know that these discussions are, are going and the frustration is that the discussions are still going. Yeah. Um, and, and we want to move it, move the dial. And then one last thing I think is important for you that you'll appreciate as well as our listeners. Have you heard an Instagram of Patty Gonia? Mm-hmm. Yes. And she actually was here. Um, they did an event through Student yeah, Affairs. Yeah, I saw that, but I didn't get to watch I it. I know, I missed it too. Uh, I was so disappointed because it's been fascinating following her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Patagonia, um, they, go check it out on, um, on Instagram. And it's LGBT. Uh, I don't know, know what their identity is other than mm-hmm. he dresses it's a, a male who who dresses and he becomes Patagonia and it's just been fascinating to watch his progress and how he's also been getting sponsors from outdoor places to be able to um kind of expose everybody to to, to that space yeah and and, mm-hmm. and be more inviting so I think yeah you, you, and you Patagonia it. also they do like a lot of advocacy for like climate change and things of that nature like I think Patagonia came out with a video on Earth Day have you seen it I have it was like phenomenal and I go back and I watch that video sometimes because it just like it makes me feel like tingly inside because I'm just like oh my gosh like that's what it's all about like us coming together to like solve these issues well and it's been fun for me to see that outdoor space used and conceived of in a different way. And I Mm -hmm. think some of my challenges as a cisgender white woman has been, well, this is how I use it. And this is how I was envisioning it being used. And so to see these spaces being used in different ways and still valued is what's important at the heart of us being able to protect natural areas. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Lauren, so we have this other segment that we're gonna end every podcast with and it's called The Dirt on Getting Outside. Okay. What we're wondering is, what is your biggest fear in the outdoors? Okay, it's absolutely bears. I have like a very, very deep fear of bears. 
Um, yeah, I haven't seen one yet. And like, I feel like that makes it like, there's just like a buildup to like when I actually do see one. But yeah, I was in the Great Smoky Mountains for spring break, which is like a very bare heavy area. And I was like, okay, this is like, it's gonna be the time I like finally see a bear and I'm gonna freak out. But I didn't see one. So yeah, I have an incredible fear of bears. I hope your first experience with the bear is positive. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, I think bears are like, they can basically do anything but fly. Like yeah. they're just the most like, I don't know, the strongest creatures that exist. And they're so terrifying to me. Understood. I, I will tell you, I'm more afraid of bears in the West than I am well, black yeah, bears here. Grizzly bears, yeah, or like a whole different. They, they, yeah, it's a whole other level of fear for me. Definitely, I agree with you. It's uh, it's it, it's yeah. Uh, so our next question is, what is your most embarrassing moment in in the outdoors? Ooh, I don't know. I have to think about this. I think, huh? Just like in general. And like, I guess this is something like interesting to talk about and like even like me feeling intimidated in like outdoor spaces, even though like I am someone that has a ton of people that look like me that participate in it. Like I don't consider myself a traditionally athletic person. So it like, it is intimidating for me sometimes to like go on these super long hikes and like feel like I get more tired than everyone else does. I'm a super slow hiker and like that, like I kind of feel like embarrassed a lot of times. I'm like, oh, I'm so slow. And like everyone else feels like so much quicker than me. So I don't, that's not like a moment, but it's like- No, but you know what? I, I think you're, you're dead on. I, I always felt like I'm not going fast enough or I'm not able to keep up. And while it may not be embarrassing, it is an internal- mm-hmm kind of it maybe is an internal embarrassment and and how do I overcome that or keep going out is yeah for sure so it's not beat myself up yeah you have to like overcome it but it definitely is yeah something hard when like yeah yeah, you feel like all these other people like they just killed that hike in like x number of times and I'm back here struggling yeah it's definitely intimidating that's the word sometimes I'm intimidated by it intimidating but you know, the only thing I would say to you is you're still out there doing it and someone else is not out there doing it. Yeah. So that is the great thing. What is a must have outdoor tip or item you would take with you if you're going to go backpacking? Like what can you not live without when you're in an outdoor backpacking trip? This is an interesting question too. Maybe toilet paper. (laughs) I know a lot of people are like super intimidated by like pooping in the outdoors and like it's a super intimidating experience the first time you do it but I think that like everyone should poop in the outdoors basically. (laughs) I think it's a must-have experience in your life but yeah I've like talked to so many people that have been on like multi-day backpacking trips and they're like I did not poop the whole time because I like couldn't bring myself to do it but I think it's something you should push yourself to do agree all right what is your favorite local spot one of my favorite places or like maybe my favorite place I've ever been backpacking even though I've been backpacking in like Zion in Utah which is like the most beautiful place but Roan Mountain I think is 
just a ridiculously beautiful place. And it's also a really great beginner backpacking trip. It's definitely a must-go spot because it's accessible to like a lot of different people um, and also just incredibly beautiful. One of the most beautiful sunrises I've ever seen was on Roan. So. Um, and Roan's only like 45 minutes from here. So mm-hmm. it's Roan, Roan Mountain State Park in Tennessee. And did you do that? Was it the, you got the Catawba Gardens and then did you go up that trail? I can't remember, was it the Art Lobe Trail or? Um, I don't know. It's like we went to like the highest bluff, I think. So it's only like, I think, I don't know, maybe like two and a half or like three miles up. Okay. Like the highest bluff. But yeah, then you can keep on going. And I think you hit the Appalachian Trail and there's like, there's a huge shelter on it, but I haven't been up that far. Okay. So you've made it all the way to the bluff. The outdoors is not always a space that feels welcoming due to a variety of reasons. Weather, critters, no cell service, risky, difficult, and more. Lauren was able to get into backpacking because some friends invited her into the space and she felt comfortable in outdoor settings. In all recreation, we seek the ability to choose what we enjoy and sometimes that choice is constrained by barriers. Two such barriers are if you do not see people who look like you, gender identity, BIPOC, etc and you do not feel comfortable in outdoor environments. Lauren has some great insights into beginning to overcome these two barriers. For people who are comfortable in the outdoors, let's invite people into these spaces with us. For those of us who need to build our comfort level in outdoor settings, take a walk daily on the Greenway or across campus, which can help build your comfort in nature. Find social media that builds community and helps you find others who are getting outdoors. Lauren and Joy mentioned several organizations that are helping to connect people with each other to enjoy outdoor spaces. See our notes for this episode for links to help you get connected with these organizations. We want to thank Lauren for sharing her experiences and insights. Thank you for listening to our show today. Remember, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain.